Hello, my friends. How are you both? I'm super well. Thanks, Tim. Hello, Nigel. Hey, TK. How are you, buddy? Good. And as soon as I said hello, I remember the production meeting we just had. Nigel said, don't introduce us straight up. Talk about what we're doing the episode to give our listeners something to hold on to and then say hello. So today we're going to talk about the speed of adaption. And the reason we're talking about speed of adaption is we need to talk about the new standard going forward because you know what? It is very, very sad news I want to talk about, which is that as we come out of COVID in hopefully the near future, we have to accept a very brutal fact. There's going to be some people that are going to be awesome and some people are going to go backwards and everyone listening here, you're part of the awesome group because we're talking about top performance. We're talking about getting a taste of the way innovation needs to work in your company because of this and we're going to make sure we grab the essence of what innovation has been developed or born in your companies and make this the new standard going forward. And it's a very, very important topic because no one listening to this, I think you wouldn't be wasting your time if you weren't looking for an edge, you weren't looking for high performance and you weren't looking for better results. So Lana, we've been discussing this a lot, which is the innovation side of what COVID's produced is only different because we've been isolated. But actually the innovation of the way people are operating, the way people are um, changing the way they do things, that's basically should be the standard going forward. Mm. It seemed to take away the excuse for not doing it. It also seemed to take away uh, people's opinion on whether or not it should be done and it seemed to take away the option of support. So team members, employees, business partners, you had no choice but to support what was happening because there was no other option. And so that's been a huge, um, I guess, part of adaption that every business across Australia has experienced is everyone on the same page moving forward fast. Yeah, and not only Australia, obviously our friends overseas are are reporting in the same things, which is, well, we had no choice so we did it. Mm. And then the funny conversation comes around, but it's actually been pretty good. And you're like, it's true. Like there's a few things that have come out of this which is like they're really good, not not pretty good. This has been a great test. Now the great circumstance we have here is because everyone in the world is forced to do things differently, everyone's open to it. Yeah. So you try an idea and people will give it a go because everything's changing anyway or particularly in the first month and a half of you know, isolation, it, both clients and businesses were trying things and the clients were receptive because there was no choice but we need to look at the essence of the way you're behaving as a company now and work out why isn't this or why can't this be the standard going forward even when we're out of isolation and the answer comes down to what let me pose it a different way if you operated like this for the next two years from an innovation point of view, from a trying different things, from trying to reach different clients and customers in a different way, what would your company look like in two years' time? Completely different and possibly very much the same. As in it would be so much better. The founding principles would be there. You'd hope the same sort of people would be there but it would just be operating at such a higher level of performance and value. I, I agree. And I think this is the thing as owners of companies and, and senior people listening. How do you make this a standard and how do you reset the whole 
culture of your company coming back because, I mean, even bigger companies like Amazon and all that, they're famous for this type of innovation or, or operating at this level. They're always trying things, doing things and innovating. They have to because they're, they're competing against the most resource smartest people in the world in, in their companies, particularly you know, a lot of these big tech companies now. But as SMEs and as people growing companies from, you know, $100,000 to $20 million, this innovation idea is not necessarily common. And a lot of us who have been forced into it, and I say a lot of us, which is, to be fair, I just didn't want to sound like a bit of a loser. We operate like this. We're always looking for innovation and forcing people to break what we're currently doing so we can keep moving forward. Most other people don't do that. They find something that works and they keep doing it till it breaks. That's too slow. Way too slow. You need to break it quicker than the, the market will break it. One change for us has been, though, the external um, opportunity because had we moved like this and brought clients into it, a lot of them could have freaked out, said it wasn't the same, questioned the level of value, but because it's been that level playing field of this isn't an option, this is a, what we have to do, um, it's been really great to have the external reception of it being equal. We could have our first argument here. Shocker. Yeah, so I'll make sure my finger's near the turn your mic off in case I don't like what you say. But okay. um, I'm only teasing. Uh, Lana's right. I, I've come from a completely different way. I think that um, clients or a new type of client who knows no different would probably adapt. Absolutely. And so what we have to worry about, because I think Lana probably expressed what most companies feel like, which is because the circumstances being the same for everyone, clients and businesses and the, the, the economy as a whole – innovation's almost been the standard so everyone's open to listening and open to adaption which is really I mean it's been very rare for our generation now going forward is well maybe our old clients if we sprung this huge innovation which is hey we normally are face to face but now you're not going to see us again face to face that's not what they signed up for to start with and I think that in that is the essence of the whole innovation and why most companies don't is they think that they have to adjust and affect their current clients as opposed to innovating and trying to attract a new type of client or a new way of operating. And I think this has been a very, very, very just – I mean, if you, if you haven't felt the power of innovation in your company now, wake up. I mean, wow. Because also <laughs> what's the worst thing that could happen? You lose a client? Guess what, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> probably going to happen with everything going on. And so it, um, that's been a positive thing from my point of view, allowing for adaption is this idea, is this idea that um, you can do it fast. And so yep. we have been able to speed up where the business is going and have it accepted by the outside world. Absolutely. And, and we talk about innovation, which is, well, what is innovation? It's not just where we're trying a new idea it is well we want to innovate because we want to be able to distribute differently or we want to attract a new client or we want to you know build new products and services but then we have to talk about innovation isn't um, just having a go at it it is looking at something strategically and saying we want to develop here now optimizing everything we do to make sure that we get that result not 
just dabble in trying new things. You use my favourite buzzword. Oh, what's that? Optimization. Buzzword? What do you mean? We've built a whole company around that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's this is something that I think innovation versus optimization. when you get into it is you need to innovate and innovate can be big or small but it's the optimization that will allow the innovation to actually take hold in a company because no one's going to get it right first time around. Yeah, and it's it's the death of innovation there. It's where we try and innovate as a company and you don't bring everyone along on the journey around what does innovation mean. It doesn't mean getting it right the first time. It is building out a whole, I guess, part of the business that hasn't been built for before. And most people don't get that and particularly SMEs. They are such short-term thinkers and to be fair, a lot of them don't have the resources to be longer than short-term thinkers so they basically run out of energy effort and um, you know, resources to get something going. But that's the key to taking the next step is not only building upon what you've got as your core business but where you can start to innovate and grow out different departments and this is the whole thing. I mean we've had companies in the past, Lana, where what we did at the start became the smallest part of our company overall and frankly, we didn't have the skill set to run what we were doing in the other parts. It was just we built it up and we got people that were great at doing that, yet we still own the company, but we didn't know how to do a, a specific skill or something like that. Yeah, we, we hired for it. Yeah, which is the goal, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> living the dream. And possibly when you do get to things like... <laughs> Wait a minute, I just realised how stupid I sounded then. It's not that I, we don't get that, it's more for SMEs who don't, understand that which is your job isn't to do what you need to do your job is to service a client and bring in people that might be able to innovate on your behalf but not the general idea yes the the people who could execute a skill and go we should do that Mm. Where, where it can um talking about surrounding yourself with the right people is when you get to innovation what can often happen in a smaller business is that people see everything that's wrong with the idea so instead of seeing the opportunity in an innovation, they see everything that could go wrong and they, they ask all the questions. And what you need to do is have those people combined with the ones who see that the point of doing it, knowing that it won't be completely right, will get you further up the track of innovation into optimization faster yep. than constantly asking the questions or being scared that it's not going to work because in most cases you're doing it internally. It's not going to break the business. It's not yep. going to – one part of it isn't going to negatively affect the outside perception. And so when you are doing innovation in whatever size, big or small, and innovation can be finding a you know, a content management system or the right email platform. It doesn't have to be big. It's surrounding yourself with the people who instead of asking the questions and saying why it won't work, they have those in the back of their mind but they're on that – journey so to speak of getting innovation into practice so all those questions can be answered yeah and let me build upon that Nigel maybe I'll bring you into this conversation from this point of view because maybe I'll share something that would it be fair to say probably bought you a house this innovation but I want to talk about when we had a production company many years ago we were new to the production area and we didn't have any contacts we didn't really have anything we were we started in an area basically fresh which is what we always do basically but the challenge we had like other production companies at the moment is finding clients, working out a reason for people to give us a shot first up because we didn't have a reputation or anything we could um, you know, leverage at the time. We had to work out well how do we 
charge enough for the production that we were doing and you know get us get the business to accelerate quickly now after a few months we realized that it just wasn't going to happen like we would spend too much time developing a reputation that we would be like any other production company it'd be boring so we we decided as a side project to flip it on its head what what would happen if we gave away production for free would we be able to sell it and when people are probably listening to this going well of course you could that's not necessarily true people if you go and offer your services for free some people don't do they Nigel I mean we, we had to ask our question would people buy this for nothing and um, a surprising amount of people wouldn't <laughs> maybe people think we're just horrible <laughs> No, no, I think the innovation leap was a little bit far ahead of their understanding of it. So the and the innovation came from you and your positioning of a model around it, and that model was so far out the scope outside the scope of what people were used to that it seemed too good to be true. Yeah, so I'll, I'll share with I'll share with people because I think it's important for them to understand is. So we were selling production services and we were trying to make money from that. And we were, we were doing okay, which is we're enough to pay some wages because obviously, you know, you, you can get to a certain critical mass of doing that. But Nigel was rec- working pretty hard. Now, what we decided to do was go, how do we get money in if people didn't have to pay? Because one, one of the rejections we had around innovation was, well, we can't afford that. In the market we're in, people couldn't afford the production services we were providing. But... If we went to a bigger market, we were competing with a different level of production company and it was very difficult to compete. So we're in that hard spot between our competitors were geared up to service a client differently that were bigger. We weren't there. We were an agile production company that you know could easily pivot. Sorry, I'm just – Nigel told me it annoyed him <laughs> the other day and I'm enjoying just talking about it because it's such an important thing that we were actually – we're always like this, aren't we, Nigel? We're open around innovation and we're like whatever it needs to be. Yep. So we decided to go and give away the services for free and instead of making people um, buy the content, we would just license it back to them. And people were like, what? And in, an, in a smaller environment, that was really weird, wasn't it, Nigel? Because first of all, we had, to te- we, we had to teach some people what licensing was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we were, we were pitched at an online market, a video production service and dealing with people, one, in understanding how they could actually utilize the service that they knew they wanted was one of the issues that um, we found. So essentially the innovation, for me, innovation isn't a long-term game. Innovation is the act or the decision. It's the optimization that is the the longer part of it because innovation is when you decide to flip the model in my head. The optimization is how do we make people understand it? How do we sell it? How do we move it forward? Yeah, and, and that's a really good point, which is when we first tried to pitch this idea of, hey, we will do all production services for free, but you will pay us a licensing fee each year to keep it and update your library of videos, which you needed at the time. I won't go into specifics of the whole model, but the idea was you can't afford it up front. We'll, we'll absorb that cost, but you'll have a few years payment of taking this as a licensing it to the people they wanted to watch and there was a lot of teaching um, videos that we were doing and people that needed it. So basically we created a situation where people could get what they wanted and we solved their biggest problem which is not having enough cash up front to be able to provide that. So what would have usually been let's call it a 
$50,000 production shoot over a couple of years for us ended up for us being, uh, what were we making about, you know, for that shoot, maybe $200,000 a year in passive income after we yeah, – recurring. Recurring income. Now, when you look at innovation, it's – we didn't do anything different from a delivery point of view or what we did. What we did, we innovated around their payment system. We understood the client better and what they needed to get over and we innovated a way around their hurdle that worked for them. Now, for the client, they just didn't care. They were so happy that they could get this in play but – for others looking at that going, wow, you really, you changed the whole game. We go, no, no, we just solved the client's problem. We innovated for the client. We didn't innovate for ourselves. And I think this is something, particularly in this time, has become a glaring um, new standard for most businesses. Innovation isn't doing something completely different or building an app. That's not innovation. Innovation is around solving problems in an entrepreneurial way so you can do business. I think that's where it's missed, don't you, Lana? Which is innovation doesn't have to be this huge jump or pivot that is, you know, so far away from your core business. It might just be the thing you can do or provide or put in place to accelerate your current sales strategy. People think that for an innovation to be good, it has to be exciting. (laughs) That's a really interesting idea well it's um even if you take dating apps for example bumble which is the dating app that females lead so females accept that was the only change to it and tinder and so that was the innovation that meant that it wasn't created equal because females had the power and the problem it took away was the safety issue and females being harassed or scared online now in theory it doesn't sound particularly exciting but it's a multi, multi-million dollar business that has sprung off into um, dating app as friends. Yep. So how to connect with friends and a dating app for business. So meeting other business owners. And I think it's just a really good example of innovation doesn't have to be big and bold and exciting if you're solving the problem. Innovation is amazing no matter what level it comes in. Yeah, and we, we particularly like to think of innovation is where's our problem at the moment and just innovate that problem and then you generally find different levels of innovation because you can go, you know, you can shoot for the stars or you can just fix that problem but both of it's innovation because on the surface that's a great example. You know, someone pitches you, I'm doing a Tinder but women-led. You're sort of like, eh, it's only one small difference and – it's not. It's a change in everything. And the amount of, you know, the amount of, I guess, people that would have left Tinder to go on to Bumble, if not on both platforms, but it's the same sort of thing is that innovation was a complete game changer where the, the I guess the uneducated person would look at it as they're just doing the same thing and, that, and they miss it because it's not doing the same thing at all. It is fundamentally changing one of the biggest problems with the early day dating apps which was fear around that because meeting with strangers, how do we change the power dynamic? And at that stage, that was a power dynamic that was really important, the protection of women, particularly early on in those days of dating apps. Yeah, and what it led to if you, and I do highly recommend this, if you check out their social media uh, profiles, it's fun and it's light and it's taken away this idea of dirty dating apps that are, Uh, looked upon negatively 
to this is and it's not empowering but it's part of everyday life it's fun yeah. and it's light and so one simple change has led to this whole business which is we are all equal and we're all going to have a lot of fun while doing it yeah i i mean i think it couldn't be a better example of something that fundamentally sounds like such a small innovation but is uh, worlds apart from you know from when you really look into it it's incredible absolutely incredible and for our own businesses and as smes you have to be looking at where are the problems right now for you to be accelerating your growth because generally where those problems are is where an innovation is required and it's not just thinking so big it is about can we change one element of it so i know for us personally at the moment we've been working out what's the biggest problem during the COVID 19 for our business great how do we innovate around different options for payments different options for contracts different options for clients all these sort of things because that's where innovation is required right now is that for the long term i don't know but the fact of the matter is now we have it in our arsenal of things that we can do as a business to help people transact with us or provide more value. And past innovations that actually allowed us to really keep moving without missing a beat in this was we took the simple, we'll say, client problem of access to data and we transformed it into innovation, which was we made it accessible 24 hours a day to the client. So they could see all the information on um, what they were doing, on their task list, on their financials, accessible to them whenever they need it as opposed to having to come to the business and ask for it. Yeah. And so that one innovation in Talking Marks, it not only does it build trust and it builds relationship but it translates into this idea of being agile and being able to scale up and all these, you know, smaller things that just set your business up for the future. And so if you can find one small innovation in your business it does have this compounding effect because you keep finding more ways to innovate, more problems to solve and it just keeps going. Yeah, and it's it's keeping that standard now which is how do I make sure that when I'm back operating at least in a semi-normal way, whatever that word means now, how do I make this the standard of our company going forward? How do I make sure that everyone understands that this is now how we're going to operate? And as the leader, how are you going to be the one that makes sure that's in place? If you're an employee, how do you make sure that you are having yourself or your team innovate regularly to keep looking for opportunity? How do you not fall back into the pitfalls of just going back to what it was? And if you're a person who when you see or hear innovation, your first process is to go to the negative and say why it can't work – this is a really great opportunity to be able to say, even though it might not work, the world didn't end with the innovation that was going on during what we're going through now, having to move to work from home. It might not have been perfect. I assume every week it got better and better, but it's how can you switch that mindset of you either as a business owner or as an employee or as a supporter of business to just take that negative angle of it won't work to, okay, there could be some bugs in this, but what is the opportunity that I can keep pushing forward with? Yeah, I think a, a little tip there is, I mean, I like to have this in our companies, is people only get to come with the how this will work and then from the how we then realise, well, that doesn't sound very sensible. But at least it's coming from a point of view of 
how we could make this work successfully. And then we sit there and go, we do not have the appetite to hire a whole team of this or that or, you know, we financially can't do it. But at least the thinking is always how it's going to work, not why it can't. And I think if people are asking why this doesn't work, well, you're already the wrong person to be at that table. You should be coming with the solution and the resources required to make it successful and then the company makes a decision on there's no way we can do that with where we're currently at but at least we can see the pathway. It's a completely different mindset. It's exactly what Lana said. It might sound like a small difference which is coming at every problem with how we can make it work versus why it won't work but from a company point of view, it changes everything. And for anyone who might be listening thinking it's easy enough for you to say, look, I know everything that we create has got its problems but that's how you fix them. It's about taking that first step to implement it so that all of the problems that are problems or might be problems come to the surface and you just keep pushing through them. Yeah, I, I love to play a game which is um, for those when I have some downtime or I'm sitting here trying to chill out before work, I like to watch YouTube and I, I really admire a lot of the the new media stars, the YouTube stars and the people who do that and I like to watch a lot of them and not generally for their content. I just generally like to see how they've done it. So I like to watch their first video and their most recent one. And if they've been going for a first uh, a few years, you actually see where they've started and where they're now. And it's, if not anything, inspiring. But it's just nice to see that it's the same everywhere. You don't get to start looking great. If you, um, as everyone knows here, I love Formula One. If you click back into the 1970s and look what a Formula One team looks like with everyone standing around the pits having a smoke near the petrol pumps and, you know, you've got these amateur races at these tracks where, and I'm not laughing, but it was horrible. Like people were dying every second race. It was so unsafe. And then you look back to, you know, last last year's races when they were up and running and you have a look and you just you see that everything starts from somewhere and it's the small innovations constantly that compound and compound and compound and you look at your own company and you realise what we're doing now, when we look back, we're almost embarrassed of what we were but that's just the process and, you, and you've got to love that process. You've got to love the fact that it's going to be crap at the start. Yeah, <laughs> don't take it personally. We all suck at some point. Yeah, but at least you're in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that the aim? Absolutely. I think an important one, um, I know that we're going to be pushing our clients and our companies right now to um, make sure that this period is remembered from an innovation point of view and trying to capture the magic that being forced to innovate released in a lot of people and a lot of the behaviours we had as a company because I think if any company over the next few years can really use this and really stick to it use it as a an, a learning example of that we were probably asleep for the last few years or many smes that we weren't innovating fast enough we weren't trying things fast enough we weren't experimenting fast enough even in our personal lives what are the things we weren't doing because we were waiting for tomorrow or we'll do it next year or we'll do this i think if we take that as a standard now and force ourselves for the next few years to operate like COVID is here to stay I think there'll be some amazing, amazing companies built. Absolutely agree with that one. Well, then we, if Alana <laughs> agrees, then that's probably it. Nigel, Lana, always good to chat, particularly about this topic. Stay well, my friends, and for everyone out there listening, keep fighting the good fight and we'll um, do it all again tomorrow. See ya. Hey.